0: Welcome everyone. We're here uh with the Haraban Tish uh, Ovetra Daf Yomi class. Today's tonight's class is sponsorless, so therefore we'll do it the the for all those who need a Fuashilima. Okay. Says okay. the Mishnah we're at the bottom of Membet and Aleph hail this is a very important Mishnah in the laws of Bishul B'Shabbat. says the Mishnah as follows. These are two types of pots. These, if you took them and you removed them from their bubbling, their boiling, meaning you took them off the fire. Lo Do not place within them any spices. But we said last time you're allowed to put it in a kara, in a plate, or into a tureen, a soup tureen. According to the Jehuda, you could put into anything unless it has Chometz b'tzir. So let's explain Review opinion in the Gemara. Last time we explained the Mishnah, we explained it the simple way. The Gemara now is going to clarify what Rabbi meant. He says to him let's have a clarification. Let's clarify what Ribi, who, which part of the Mishnah Rabbi is arguing on. There's two ways to learn. If you learn that he's arguing on the Rasha, then Rabbi is being mekil. But if you learn that he's arguing on the seifa, then he's actually being stricter. What's the Rasha and the Seifah? So if you go back, we said, it says, don't put into the ilfas, but you could put in the ka'ala. So, not putting it in a pot is the ratio. So, if if on that, Rabbi is commenting saying, "The is saying, don't put in the pot. Rabbi is saying, yeah, don't put in the pot, but you could put anything as long as there's no um, vinegar in the pot. So, he's giving him a keel. Tanaka says, don't put it in a pot no matter what's in the pot soup or anything. And according to Rabbi you could put spices in the pot so long as the pot doesn't contain any vinegar. Rabbi Yudah is coming to be lenient. He's the lenient rabbi. Alternatively, he could be arguing on the seifa. The seifah says, don't, you're allowed to put it in your bowl or in your tureen. And Yudah is coming to say, don't put it in the tureen." If it has vinegar, only if it has soup, it's okay, but not if it has vinegar. So there's two ways to learn. So tomorrow I want to know which way to go. So it so, says bring your proof, which way is going. Into any, ilfas, any pot, you could put it, and you can put it into a boiling pot, unless it has homex or fish juice. So you see, the is not coming to be strict. He's actually coming to be mekel. Says the gemara. The Rasha, right? He's going on the risha. Yes, he's going on the risha, and he's being mekel. Says the gemara. Savar Yosef lemeir. Yosef thought to say melach harehu k'tivalin. Yosef thought to say that salt is like a bay leaves or uh, basil. And you're not, and that I could cook in a and if it's in a I'll uh, just, to, let me just give you a little clarity. We haven't spoken about these terms much. is a pot that was cooked on the fire. So if you take a pot of soup, you boil it on the fire, whether the pot is still on the fire or whether the pot has been removed from the fire, like in our mishnah. Either way, it's deemed a kli rishon, a first kli. When you pour from that into a soup bowl, that becomes a kli sheni. Okay. Uh, many rabbis are saying in the Gemara that a kli sheni cannot cook. We 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 came out that a kli sheni can only cook certain types of foods, which were called kalle We had a few examples of a few items, and they're coming up also later in the Gemara. But Right now, so our mission is talking about cooking in a klitschon, and our mission says you you cannot, you can't put things into a klitschon because it will cook. But you can put it into a klitschon because it won't cook. That's what our mission was saying. Now our Gemara is trying to clarify the status of salt. Is salt a particular item that has special rules? So the Gemara thought originally that salt is like any Kibaleen that has no special rules. That in a klidishon bishela that it could cook in a klidishon. So if you put it, salt directly into the pot that you took off the fire, it would be asur. Yeah. But if you put it in the second vessel, which means you put it in your in your bowl, then the law doesn't cook. Amar Abaya, so Abaya told of Yosef. Again, Reb Yosef is Abaya's rebbe. Tani Reb Chia, Reb Chia said, Melech enu kedivelin. Melech is not kedivelin. Melech is a very, very sensitive item. And salt can cook even in a klishini. And therefore, you cannot put fresh salt into your into your uh, bowl of soup because it will cook in that bowl. Rabbi, doesn't
1: uh, salt like disintegrate even in, in cold water?
0: We don't care about the disintegration. We care about the cooking, the halachic cooking. Right? We're not going to cook on Shabbat. There's no rule on Shabbat against disintegration. There's Rabbi, what in the earlier Gemara a couple of decades ago they were talking about using
2: salt as a method of cooking in and of itself, indeed, with fish. So what? So 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 what? Why use salt now as the precursor
0: of of klirishon or klisheni when salt in and of itself
2: can can
1: cook sometimes? Okay. Okay. So
0: I, let, me, let let's explain that there's different types of salt now. Even our salt, the the salt that we're talking, that you're putting in here, has to be uncooked salt. Had the salt been pre-cooked, we're gonna learn later that things don't cook twice, according to most opinions. And bishul, achar bishul. So we're talking here about raw salt. Had the salt been already cooked, which means that it's been raised to a certain temperature, then you would be allowed to put it in probably in anything, even in a clear shown. And Gemara here, but don't don't get too wrapped up with the first tomorrow because tomorrow has an ikeda amri in a second, and the ikeda amri is going go to go the halacha. This is not oh. halacha as well. Okay.
1: Also, just a side question: Is it the same thing by sugar? Because I'm assuming it's the same. No,
0: we're not. We're talking about salt. I don't know what connection. That's like you're asking: Is it the same thing about avocados? I don't know what what, what connection does sugar have to salt? Just because they start with an S? I don't know. Let's go. Okay says the Yamara. Huh? Amalek Amal so Abbai says, Tani Rabkhi Rabhiya says, Ub Klishani nambishela. So Rabkhiya says that salt cooks in a Klishani and you can't put it in your pot. Upliged Nachman, he disagrees with Rav Nachan, Tsricha Milcha Bishula Kibisra de Tura. He holds that salt leaves cooking like the like uh ox meat. Ox meat needs a lot of cooking, and therefore, according to this understanding of the Gemara, Rav Nachman disagrees with Rav Chiyah, and he allows putting salt in your Klishoni, not in a Klishon, but he's allowed putting Klishoni because his salt needs cooking like the meat of an ox, and therefore it won't cook in a Klishoni. This is the first Lashon of the Gemara. Listen to the switch of the Lashon others learn it the opposite. Suburb, Yosef and we told the same Salt is like a spice. According that cooks in a and doesn't cook in a to this, we're saying it is like a spice, right? According says, to this from here, wasn't being strict on salt he was coming to be leaning on salt and say like Rav Nachman to say that it never cooks even in a klidishon you have to be on the fire according to this salt is actually something that you're allowed to put even in a klidishon so if you have a pot according to this if you have a pot of soup and you remove it from the fire you're allowed and you want to spice it up now before you bring it to your Shabbat table are you allowed to put basil leaves in? Fresh basil leaves? Of course not. It'll cook. Are you allowed to put salt in? Oh, salt is okay. Why? Because Rav Nachman and Rav Chia, according to the Ikhid both say that Sricha Milcha, Bishula, DeTura. that salt requires cooking like, um, like the meat of an ox. And therefore, unless it's actually on the fire, you cannot cook salt. So if you, now, I Just want to tell you a little aside uh, on this. We look, I looked into this when I was learning Kollel and Lakewood years ago, and I, fa- I called up the salt companies and I found out that our salt is actually cooked already. in. So, if you get regular salt, it's all pre cooked. This table
2: salt or like kosher salt?
0: Kosher salt and regular salt is regular cooked. However, the, the way they it's very interesting how they get it, it's very, very interesting. One day I'll tell you how they take. Uh, boiling hot water, and they sludge it down the salt mine. They bring back up the sludgy water with salt in it, and they dry it out. Then they put it in a special uh, cooker, and they cook it under high pressure, and that's how they get the salt that we have. However, one exception to that is Himalayan pink salt, which is just mined in the Himalayan mountains. It is uncooked, and therefore, this whole gamara would apply very much so if you're a user of Himalayan pink salt and you like to spend a lot of money on your salt.
2: Well, uh, it's unbeliev it's unbelievable because it became a very popular item lately. Trader Joe's sells it as like one of their regular spice. My wife buys it all the time. A lot of people use it. So okay. according to that according
0: to that, you, you you wouldn't be able to put that on anything hot grinded on that. No, Shabbat no, no so now, then it'll be a machloket in our Gemara. So according to the first Lashon, it would be a sword, according to one rabbi to put even into your even into your soup bowl and oh. the other rabbi is allowing in a but wow. the, not and then uh, the, in, in the secular lesson of the Gemara, it's be allowed in everything, just not allowed to put directly on the fire, of course, but yeah. it's allowed to be put off the fire in a pot off the fire, and that's how we come out. The Gemara that even Swaradim hold that we hold that the Gemara is ending that is allowed in a in a Ashkenazim, not so they would be strict in the Kelid Yishon, probably, according to the Ramah. Wow. OK? Let's. Uh, that's the Gemara here, right? So let's finish up, right? Kelid Dhamma Rav Nachman, Because this is like Rav Nachman, who says that Tzricha Milcha Bishula K'Bisra Tetura. OK. We are now up to the new Mishnah. This new Mishnah is, um, I would say, intentionally vague. The the Mishnah is presenting an isur, and the reason for the isur is very vague. And you find that the actual um, amoraim have three completely different ways to understand why the action being performed in the Mishnah is asur. It's asur. The Mishnah says it's asur. Why is it asur? Is completely unclear. And the three rabbi, three amoraim. 400, 300 years later, they're going to be aboraim who are completely at, at, at variance to decide why this act is a and for three completely different reasons, and we'll see the, as we see in the Gemara as we go further. Okay, let's see the act of the Mishnah, and then once you see the act of the Mishnah, um, we'll we'll see what we do with it. Okay, says so the Gemara as follows: and notnim you cannot put a utensil on Shabbat under the tip of a lamp. Now, understand the following thing going forward. A Nair is not a candle. Many of us think of a Nair as a candle. That is because we are 21st century people. But uh, in the olden days, a nair was something like the lamp of Aladdin. I don't know if you ever heard of such a thing. You see a little lamp, Aladdin lamp, it's like a it's like a, a golden vessel with a thing coming out of it, and you will put a wick in the end, you fill it up with oil, put a wick in the end, and that's how it, bur- it burns like that. It's called a lamp. It's a utensil to hold oil with a tip at the end. So now, this tip at the end is leaning out, and for some reason, I don't know exactly why, Oil would sometimes drip out of the tip, and people would place a little uh, plate or something to catch the oil dripping from the from the tip. Maybe not to waste it. Maybe not to ruin their tablecloth. I don't know what. Okay, but on Shabbat, if your wife realizes that she didn't put a, a a plate underneath the tip of this lamp, and she's afraid the oil will drip out, or she doesn't want the oil to drip out and waste the oil, whatever reason, she may not place a plate under under the lamp to catch the oil again you're not doing anything you're not adjusting the lamp in any way you have a lit lamp on shabbat which of course your ladder one's supposed to have and you want to put a plate and the mishnah is prohibiting plate plate placing under the lamp to catch oil is that clear why don't ask me wait till we get to the gemara okay The major major machloket in three different ways okay but if you place the candy from Friday afternoon, mutar, that's okay. You're allowed to place it from Friday, but on Shabbat, you can't place. it. And you, if you placed it from before Shabbat, you're not allowed to enjoy any of the oil. So let's say it's Friday, Friday afternoon, and of course, Mrs. Solomon, Places the thing to catch the oil. She doesn't want the oil to drip on the tablecloth. Now it's the next morning, and uh, she's about to place the tahina or the hummus on the table. And she says, oh, I need some olive oil. There's a sharper when you put a drizzle, drizzle a little olive oil on the hummus. Okay. She says, oh, there's the oil over there. Let me take some of that fresh olive oil and I'll drizzle it on the hummus. No, no, no. That's Asur. You can't have any enjoyment on Shabbat with the oil. Only till after Shabbat you can have it. Why? Because since it was muxer, before that oil was in the lamp on Friday afternoon. Ben Hashem Hashod, the oil was in the lamp, so it was that oil was set aside for lighting. Once it's set aside for lighting, you don't have any hanaah from it the entire Shabbat. That's what the that's the three laws of the Mishnah. Now the fun starts, guys. Here's where the Mishnah is fun. This is a great daf. Amar al Chista. Rav Chista is going to give his opinion on what's going on. Even though we said that on Shabbat, you can't put a utensil or basket underneath your chicken to catch its egg. But you are allowed to put a basket over the egg if it gets laid, in order to protect it from getting stepped on. I'm a rabbi, rabbi explains. What's a reason? He holds. It's normal for a chicken to lay eggs in the ashba in the garbage dump. That's where the chickens usually roost. And they don't usually put uh, lay eggs in a place where there is a um, an incline so the eggs will roll out. Vatala mit hitiru Vatala Okay.
2: And the rabbis only
0: allow to they only allowed doing things to save something that might happen normally. So it is normal to, the rabbi, the, 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 okay, let me just explain what's going on. the, the Chista is assuming that there's an issue of moving a keli, let'solech davar ha'asur. Okay, which means the following. If you have a basket, we assume that if you have a basket, you can move it for any purpose you want. Why can I move my basket? Now, the rabbis over here, Rav Chista is one of them, and there's a bunch of Amorim who hold that you are not allowed to move a keli letzodech mukseh. You can't move a keli to for the, to serve a purpose for something that's mukseh. So if you're moving the keli to put avocados in it, no problem. Avocados are not mukseh. You're allowed to pick up a basket to put other towels in it, no problem. If I'm moving the ba- the basket to put my baby in it, that's fine. If I'm moving the basket to put towels in, that's fine. But if you're moving a basket for something like an egg that was hatched on Shabbat, oh, oh, oh that's a sort and cleaning towel, and that's of the towel. But what about to save something coming out of the, the thing? Can you save the egg? So on that it depends. If you're doing something to save something that's normally happens, that's okay. But if you're doing to save something a little bit abnormal, that the rabbis didn't allow. Okay. So therefore, in our case, since this rabbi holds,
2: didn't this rabbi say that you can't put it to catch the egg, but you could put it to save the egg? Right. So, it's normal for a chicken to lay eggs.
0: Yes, it is normal for chicken to lay eggs. And they usually lay it in the ashba. But they don't usually lay it in a place with an incline. So therefore, the rabbis allow you to carry a keli to cover it in the ashba because that's normal. Covering it in the ashpah, you, you would normally, otherwise someone could step on it. That's okay. But if you want to catch it, Catching the egg is only because if you're afraid that the, an, that the chicken might lay the egg in a place with an incline. But since we know it's unusual for chickens to lay eggs on the incline, it seems like chickens have a natural feeling to protect their eggs, and they, 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 they don't like to lay eggs on an incline because it'll roll, right? And they know it'll roll instinctively from Hashem. So therefore... Being that it's an unusual thing, you're not allowed to bring one to catch the egg, but you're allowed to bring it to cover it because covering it is a normal thing that you have to protect because they usually lay in an ashram where people walk and someone might step on it. But to, to bring a thing to catch it, it, which is usually to protect it from an incline, that you're not allowed to do because that's an unusual protection. That's not usually necessary. Mike, are you with me? I got a thumb. Good. Let's go. Says the Gemara. Eightve Abaya. So Abaya asked the question um, again. That was so a Chista. So Abaya asked the question to rabba Rava his Rebbe. He says, You mean the rabbis don't let hatzala? That's not normal. The rabbis don't let you bring move a keli for the tzorach sort of an unusual saving. But Tanya, didn't we learn did the Let's say a guy has a big barrel of 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 olive oil on his roof, and the olive oil has yet you have yet to separate maser from that olive oil. So the olive oil is one hundred percent tevel, and it springs a leak on Shabbat, and now dripping off your roof is very expensive tevel olive oil, and you want to bring a uh, you want to bring a little barrel to catch the drip. So this way you could save your olive oil. You're allowed to bring a kelly and put it under the drip to catch the drip. Even though tebel is muksa, Because you're not allowed to separate on So the tebel is muksa. And breaking a barrel on Shabbat is not coming, and yet you see the rabbis are allowing you to carry a kelly, to put it under the barrel to save this thing that is not coming, and you told me that the rabbis only let things that are coming, and now you see that that's not so...
2: He's putting the barrel before the hole happened or after it already had a hole?
0: started to drip. Your, your daughter came running in saying, mommy, mommy, the tevel barrel on the roof is dripping. and We lose all our oil, oil, So my, my mother says, honey, can we bring a plate to catch the oil so we don't lose all that money? And the Gemara says, yes, you can. So the Gemara says, yes, you can. Why is the Gemara letting? After all, I thought you, it's not common to break barrels. And tevel is muxa. So what's going on? But just, because, broke.
2: just because it's going to have a monetary loss is why they allow it, even though it's an uncommon thing? No, we don't have
0: a reason. We're asking. We're asking. Abaya is asking Rabbah. you're telling me that the reason why Rabbi Hista says his rule is because he only the rule about the baskets where he's letting. Uh, you, you cover it, but he's not letting you catch it. It's because catching it is for protection from unusual things and covering is protection from usual things. What do you mean? What about the case of the barrel on the roof? It's an unusual breaking, and the rabbi did let you put something there. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Answers the Gemara, no. We're talking about new barrels on the roof. New barrels often have problems with them, and therefore it's not uncommon. And that's why the rabbi left. The case was talking about a new barrel. It didn't say, but obviously that's what it was talking about. Okay, we got We danced that way out of that problem. So technically Eight, nine, you, could
2: put the, you could put the barrel before it even starts breaking.
0: Oh, well, well, you, well yes, but we're telling you when it, when it breaks, since it's something that's common, we're allowing it. But you're right. If it was an old barrel and it sprung a leak, according to this, you wouldn't be allowed to put it. It's only because it happens to be a new barrel, you're right. That's how Abai, that's how rubber's getting out of the problem. Abai is asking another question. Eight asked the second question. It says, Not kili It says you're allowed to put a kili on Shabbat this is a on to accept the spark. Some some wicks emit sparks. And if you don't want the sparks, to land on your tablecloth and give you a black mark on your tablecloth, you're allowed to put a Kelly to catch the sparks, not to catch the oil, but to catch the sparks. So, how are you allowed to do that? I thought you're not know, allowed to save things and it's not, and it's a good book, sir. Uh, what says no? What'd you say? was going to answer? No, also common. I guess the machlekes, the machlekes of it looks like whether they're whether they're uh, shiach sh- 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 or not. The marquis is another question. We're now on the top of Men which is today's daf. Says the says the gemara. we will ask another question. It says Kofin Kiara Alaner Shlo It says that you're allowed to put a a utensil over your candle, over your lamp, in order that it does that the beam of your roof doesn't catch fire. People used to put, by the way, just as an aside, you guys all grew up with um, modern technology like electric lights, but those who grew up before it, chandeliers used to be fitted in the olden days with candles, and you put a candle up, and the higher you put your candle. The more the light spreads. So that's why people wanted these chandeliers high. Now we have chandeliers up there. It's a I minhag mean, from the old days. That's why we put them, we put them, they look like candles, to make them look like candles. But really, uh, they used to be real candles because that's where you put your candles. You put them high up and then when it melts, they put a new candle, new candle up in the chandelier. So now, when chandeliers, of course, you want to put them as high as possible. But if you have exposed wooden beams, sometimes it's, the chandelier is so close to the beam that it could, uh, um, uh, catch fire to the beam. So, if you're worried about that, you have a long wick. So, you just put a kili on your beam in order to protect the beam from the candle. It says, okay. You're allowed to put a, a, a utensil over it so it doesn't, or, or like a glass thing so it doesn't attach the Quran. So, you're so, not allowed to do it. It's not unusual that your, that your house burns down. It's talking about a very, very low house. It's normal to have a problem of fire problems because of it. Um, or there's another question. Let's say a person has a beam and the beam of your upper floor cracks. And now you're worried that your upper floor will start falling. You're allowed to put a bed post under the beam. How are you allowed to put a bedpost under the beam? This is a muksa item, it's not something that was prepared for before Shabbat. And you're moving your bed in order to protect the muksa item, which is not common. We're talking about new beams. They're normal that they that they break. So therefore, it was a normal thing. The rabbi's getting out of all the problems by saying they were normal cases. Uh, another question. Yeah, but rabbi, it's, so all these cases are restricted to only like a new Restricted being. to only cases that are normal. According to this rabbi, all these cases only work if they're normal. We're going to soon see that there's going to be another rabbi coming. He's going to have his own reason. He's going to have to get out of the same cases. And you can get a of different ways. Right? According to this rabbi, the cases are going to be unrestricted. But yes, according to Abchasta, all these cases are restricted. You with me, Moshe? Yeah. Okay, good. My, good, let's go. It says the Gemara, the following. It says, Tachat You're allowed to put, bring a pot to put it under a leak. This is the one that we really have nowadays. Sometimes you get a leak in your roof. And you're allowed to bring a pot to put it to catch the leak. How are you allowed to put a pot to catch the leak? In order to not dirty a house. What do you mean? It's not common that it should leak. It's muksa. And it's the we're talking about a new house. It's normal to have a leak in a new house. To you get the roof worked out. It takes time. And therefore, it's normal. Therefore, that's the answer we're going to have a problem. Now, that all was the explanation of Rav Kastner. So Rav Kastner was saying that the reason why in our Mishnah you weren't allowed to put a plate under your lamp is because N, you can't move a keli unless it's something that is not, not, unless you're moving it for a non-muksah. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yosef Amar, Rabbi Yosef, now by the way, that original answer was Rabbah talking. Okay, Rabbah was, was talking before. Now, we have the answers of Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, This is why Rabbi Chista says, you can't put a keli under the Tanigola. You know why? When you put a keli under the Tanigola to catch it, and similarly in the Arab mishnah also, when you put uh, keli under the nail, you are now taking that keli that you put to catch the egg and you are taking it and making it a non-keli anymore. You're taking a plate, which was a usable plate, and now you're going to put muksa on it. And by putting muksa on it on Shabbat, you're going you're gonna to leave a vatilis. It's like, you, you're, it's like you, some explain, it's like you're destroying the keli. Some say that the Isur, Moshe, you're asking a good question, some say that the Isur is actually like you're, you're drilling it into the ground, which means once you muxaize it on Shabbat, so now no one's allowed to touch it. Since no one's allowed to touch it, it's like it's drilled in. It's like as if it's drilled in. And drilling on Shabbat is not so That's what they want to claim. Okay? That's how Rashi explains it. There's others explain it other ways, but that's how Rashi explains it. So this thing, it my not. Et <inaudible> asked a question. Chavit <inaudible> shel Oh, we have a case, if you have a barrel of, again, the same case, you have a barrel of tevel that broke on Shabbat. You're allowed to bring another keli and put it underneath it. Oh, how are you allowed to do it when you put it underneath you're being mevatil the Kelly, because the the table is mukser, right? The same question that the other rabbi had to ask. He's going to have to answer also. How are you allowed to bring a a vessel to catch the drip? You're not allowed to catch the drip. It's Asur. I'm a Amale. So he answers back. Tebel mukhanu et shabbat. Tebel, He can. He's not answering the same way. He's not saying, "Oh, it's talk, the first rabbi answered. Oh, it's talking about a new barrel." He's not saying, no, i It's not going to help him anything. He says, no, that case is Tevel, and Tevel is not really, really Muxer. Why? Because even though, why? She'im avar v'tikno ametukan. Yes, the rabbis don't let you separate Ma'asen on Shabbat, but if a guy did separate Ma'asen on Shabbat, his stuff is the miser works. And since the miser works, so the Tevel is not so Muxer, and that's why you're allowed to bring it. You know, The rabbis only read the rule that you now let him move a Kelly, let's sort it, you can move a, a Kelly uh-uh, and put it on the and That's only real mukhzah. But this mukhzah, it's not real mukhzah. It's because it, since you could do it, it would happen, it works, but yeah, you know, it's not real mukhzah. That's why you're allowed to do it. Okay? Well, the machloka between the rabbis is what is the isur. Again, the machloket. The first rabbi said the reason why you're not allowed to bring it is because you're not allowed to move it for muktzah. This rabbi is saying the reason you're not allowed to, move, you're not allowed to do it is because uh, you, you're mevatel the keli. Again, the two one is mevatel keli mehechano. That's this rabbi now. He says when you bring the keli there, you're mevatel. You're strewing it in. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. The first rabbi says, You're not allowed to move a keli from And clean it out. One's called and clean it out. And the second rabbi saying that the isur is now, according to rabbi, that's the reason why you can't do it. Now, we have to explain why are these all these heterim? What's with all these heterim? How are you going to get out of them? So, this particular one with the barrel, he's going to say that it's talking about a tebel. He does not say it's a certain He's saying, it's talking about Tevel, since Tabel is not so muksa, everyone agrees it's not so muksa. Everyone agrees to the idea. Mahokan is what was the reason, and therefore that's the reason for this. Are you with me? Correct. Correct. He could have answered that for this, but that that he could have maybe he could have answered that for this, but he didn't have. He had to give the same answer for all the other things also, so he gave a different answer. You're right. In theory, you could have answered this also, but they have two different reasons why you can't bring the thing. They're working on two different Isur. And each one doesn't agree with the other rabbis' Isur. The rabbi holds, Mevatel Klii Mehechanon, does not agree that there's any problem of, and, of, and, he doesn't agree with the Isur. And the rabbi says, this Isur doesn't agree with the other Isur. It's not like everyone agrees that it's both Isurim. Not everyone agrees that the Isurim exists. Michael, you with me? Give me a thumb. There we go. Okay. So now we're going to go through all the cases that the other rabbi had to do. Excuse me for taking off my jacket. in the middle of class. I'm sorry. Okay. Says the We had the case where you guys are allowed to put the Kelly under the ner to catch the sparks. Why are you allowed to do that? I thought when it catches the sparks, you're screwing in the Kelly It should be asur sparks don't have any physical things when after these little sparks after they finish sparking there's nothing there so that reason the reason why you are allowed to do it is because it's not in battleel because since it, when, it's, when when do we say batel, you're gonna you're gonna um screw it in that's when something's actually dripping it like if you have a egg going into there's an egg in it or there's oil dripping, and there's oil in it, but here there's nothing. It's a spark. Where is it? Show me it. Where is it? Done. And therefore, that's why it's mutar. So he got out of Tebel by saying Tebel is not so moksev. And he gets out of the spark by saying sparks are nothing. Okay? Next. Also, when you have a case of a beam that breaks. So, we said that you're allowed to put a bed post to hold it up, Oh, well, you know, to to move a bedpost. You're going to screw it in there. So, no, did I feed you by a The Mishnah is only talking about a certain case. When the beam is low, and when you put the bed post up, you're going to edge it up a little bit, that's a Because now it's going to be really stuck in there. And you're right, you're not allowed to do it for muksa. But when, the, with, says the rabbi, we're talking about a case where you're putting the beam up to support it, but it's not actually touching it. You're just putting it as a safeguard. In case it falls any lower, it'll hit the beam. But it didn't hit the beam yet. That's why it's mutah. It's an afi, it's loose. Since it's loose, that's why it's mutah, because you can always move it any time. You got it? We're just putting there as a safe, according to this rabbi, it's just a safety measure. You're right. If you were actually wedging it in there, you're right, it would be asur. We're talking about a case where it's not wedged. The bedpost is there just as a safety precaution. I don't want it to fall on my head. I put the bedpost in case it falls, but it didn't fall yet. That's why it's mutah. You with me? Well, if it falls, I guess it'll be second of a shot. But we don't know. I'm just worrying it's gonna fall. But if I would actually put it and wedge it in there and I you know, I jack it up, no, that's Asur. Okay. Next case. We said you're allowed to put a vessel underneath the uh the leak in the roof on Shabbat. Why is that allowed? It's so again. We're talking about where you had a clean roof and the drip that comes in is a drip of not ichi water, but clean water. And therefore you could drink it. And since it's drinking it, it's not muxa. And if it's not muxa, it's not a problem. Again, not a problem again, because it's not muxa. Okay, beautiful. And then we have another case, kofin et et the This is a new one. This is only a problem for him and not a problem for the first rabbi, who said, you're allowed to put a basket in front of a bird on Shabbat, which means you have these little birds, and you, they're your birds, you plan to, to, to raise them. Now, they're on the floor, and you want them to get back into their bird cage, so you're allowed to... Turn over a basket in front of them so they can climb up the basket and get into their bird cages. Okay? Bird fell out of the bird cage. It's not safe on the floor. You want to put a basket in front of it so they can climb on the bird cage. Why is it allowed? Now the bird's in a mukzah. They're going to climb up onto the thing and you mevatel the, the basket. Mechano. This rabbi says, like you're screwing in the basket in the ground. Says the gimbalah. Answer the up. Kasabar. he holds you allowed to move the baskets. But doesn't it say asul tatal? It says you're not allowed to move the baskets. Well, when it says the suit to move the basket, I'm talking not you you can't move the basket while the birds are on it? But once the birds are off it, you're allowed to move the baskets. Ah, uh, what do you mean? Vatanya doesn't say in the bright uh be sha'en odanala it says even once they went on it, you know, it's a sure, I'm gonna be able, that means. That means like this like, when is it asur to move the basket ever again if the birds went on it? That's only if the birds stayed on the basket during the entire short period. So, of course, there's a rule that once something is asur for Benishimashot, it's so for the whole day. But if the birds go on and on Shabbat for a few minutes, that doesn't make it a sur, and that's the case over here, and that's why you're allowed to turn the bed, bed thing off. Is everyone with me? Beautiful. Okay. Amar bitzak. Now we're gonna have a new opinion. Amar bitzak. Keshem she'en nodedim kli tanagola kabel lekabel betzatav. Just like you can't put a kli under the tanegol to kiset According to this rabbi, you can't do either one. Rev Chista had said before that you're allowed to put a chili over an egg to protect it, but you're not allowed to put a chili under the egg, under the chicken to catch the egg. Remember that? Reb Yitzchak disagrees with Reb Chista. Says he says you can't do either one. You can't put it to catch the egg, and you can't put it over the egg, neither one's allowed. Why? Kasavar, that's what he holds. He says, you can't move a cle unless you move moving it for something that's necessary. What about all these questions that we ask? He'll answer all the questions with one answer. All those cases we're talking, that I moved the item originally from its spot because I needed its place. So when you ask me a question, how are you allowed to take the bed and put it under your cracked beam? You know what he's gonna answer? He'll say, oh, the case was, I wanted to put my broom where the bed was. So since I was moving the bed anyway, I'm allowed to put it there. And if you ask me, how are you allowed to put the the kelly the to catch the drip? Oh, the Kelly, I needed the spot of the Kelly, so I was moving it anyway. Once I moved it, I'm allowed to put it under the drip. That's how he's gonna get out of all these questions. Got it? Beautiful. Tashma. The Gemara is gonna ask another question under Yitzhak, There's a Ritzhak who says and and You can never move any item. Only to Tashma. We learned. Now, the way I'm understanding it. Is that Yitzchak is the first one who's putting this Reb mm-hmm. Chista, The first rabbi, the way we were explaining it, was not really talking about mm-hmm. he's actually referring to a, a different rule that you can only use it for something, you could only you could do it if it's expected. That was the first rabbi. This rabbi is not letting expected, not expected. He's never allowing ankling Okay? So He's the Yitzhak is the first rabbi who's never letting any Kelly be moved for anything that's Muksay on Shabbat. Okay. Says the Tashma. bring your proof. A question against Ribitzuk from a brighton. It says, I don't know exactly what is so delicate about these avanim, but it seems like there's some stones that are delicate, and you're allowed to put a uh, you're allowed to put a basket over them or some kind of uh, read wicker, a wicker item on top of it to protect them on Shabbat. Rashi says the reason why they're uh, delicate is you don't want it to get ruined. You don't want it to be covered with rainwater or something like that on Shabbat. I don't know why, but you want to keep, keep it protected. So there's a question how are you allowed to cover stones on Shabbat? Stones on mukser. So how are you allowed to take a wicker thing and cover stones so they don't get wet? What are you talking about? I thought you said you're not allowed to move any keli for something that's muxa. Answers the Gemara. We're talking about smooth type of rocks, which in the old days people used to use to wipe themselves. And since people used to use smooth rocks, rocks to wipe yourself, therefore a person could go to the bathroom, and you might need them, and therefore they're not muxa, and therefore you're allowed to move a keli, you're allowed to move a machatzalot to cover it, because it's not a problem of you with me, Irving? Good. Okay. Says Another question on Rabieitzach. Says You're allowed to put a uh, a wicker basket again on top of bricks on Shabbat. Are you allowed to cover bricks? I thought bricks, amukseh, bricks are Bricks used for building. Oh no. This the the We're talking about bricks that were left. Some cinder blocks. That were left over from a building, and therefore they're being used as chairs. And therefore, since they use the chairs, they're not mukhsa, that's why you're allowed to cover them with the thing, because you're not allowed to move it from mukhsa, but these are not mukhsa. Good, Mike, you're with me? Awesome. Another case. Tashma, another question. You're allowed to put a basket or something over your beehive personal beehive that you use to raise bees. If it's sunny, you're allowed to cover it from the sun so the bees don't get ruined from the sun. During the rain, so the bees don't get ruined from the rain. As long as you're not having in mind to catch him, you're not trying to trap them. As long as you're not trying to trap the bees, you're allowed to protect them on Shabbat. I thought bees are right? Gemara. Here, What are we dealing with? The We're talking about a case where there was honey in it. There was honey in the beehive. Since the honey is not look, so you're allowed so you're, you're allowed to have honey. So therefore, since you're allowed to get the honey on Shabbat, that's why you're allowed to cover it. Beautiful. He's still trapping the bees. No, as long as you don't have mind to trap. But it's
2: a secretion, huh?
0: We'll cover see. it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, well, wait, wait for, wait for us to get that. Okay, it might not be a disgression. Okay, let's see. Amalei Rav Amalei Rav Ukva Memeisha. Rav Ukva Memeisha answers Asher's I understand in the summer, in the summer, beehives are full of honey, so it makes sense. T'ikadvash beimotah gashmi. But in the winter, T'leket dvash when there's no dvash, how are you going to answer the question then? Right. You said in the in, in the rain because in the sun because of the sun and in the rain because of the rain so the sun I get in the summer I't tell you there's honey there but in the winter there's no honey there. what are you doing we're talking about the two two honeycombs that are always left in a beehive there's always two honey holes left in the beehive which always have honey and therefore Usually you leave it for the bees, but the guy is going to get some anyway. But you always leave them for the bees. The The guy thought about it on Friday, he might want a little bit, and therefore he un at them, and that's why he's allowed to cover them. So even in the winter, it's okay. So the Gemara asks, if you're talking about you, you, the, the guy, ha chashiv my, what if, what if, so you mean if the guy didn't think about back? my, what would we go? Why did the bride have to say, as long as you don't have in mind to trap them? I could have said a better case, I could have said a closer split. Why? We always, whatever you want to tell me of a man, you should always say the, the easiest one. The one that's most connected to the case at hand. So, if the case at hand was only a case where you had in mind, oh, wait, I want to eat, I want to eat from those two chalot on the holiday. So, then why do you have to tell me, as long as I don't have in mind to trap, forget trapping? Even if I don't, even if I have a regular case where I didn't have a mind to trap and I just didn't have in mind that I want to use the chalot from for Shabbat, it's already no good. Why do you give me that case if you want to show me a case that's a surah? Answer: is, no. Ha, Right, you're right. We could have said that. But, this is what we came to teach you. Even though the guy had in mind, even though you have in mind, you have to make sure that don't forget not to have in mind to trap. If you're always going to ask a question, that's similar to what Erb was saying. Mani, who could be the author of this Mishnah? If the author could be to be Shimon, let muxa. He doesn't agree with Muksa. doesn't agree that Muksa is a problem. And therefore, he would never say that there's any problem covering it ever. Okay? And if he e Uda, and if it, the author was a beautiful, he loves gamin habi ha the bash gamin the He holds the bash in with a So therefore, who cares that the guy, who cares the guy didn't have in mind the trap? He holds the command is always a sood anyway. So the Mishnah doesn't fit not like him, and not like him. Rabbi Shimon doesn't agree that something that's set aside for something becomes muqsa. And therefore, he would not say that there's ever any problem with this thing. He wouldn't say that, oh, um,
2: that there could ever be a problem at all, right? And it wouldn't have to be dikkadvash, it wouldn't have to be anything. Okay? Well, let, hold on, I'm going to be down. Hold on, let me just see. No. Well, let me just clarify, answer Moshe's question in a
1: second.
0: If Rabbi Shimon would write the Mishnah, Moshe, uh, Rabbi Shimon would never have to tell you the law in the first place. Because if you don't hold that anything is ever muqsa, and you don't hold that these B things are muksa, then you don't have to tell me, of course I could bring a, uh, I, I could bring a machatzela to cover it. Because the whole point is you can't, you, the whole isur that we're talking here is an isur that you now not allowed to and clean and then sort of divan you can't move any vessel only to use it for something that's that's uh not muxa, that's not, not muxa, not for something that's Muksa But Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold the moksha, so he doesn't hold the whole Istar in the first place. He would never write a mission like this. So the Mishnah for sure isn't Rabbi Shimon, because he doesn't agree that there's anything Muksa, so no question. Can you move something to protect Muksa? Because nothing is Muksa. Okay? So it's only Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda, we have a problem because Rabbi Huda you know, the Asur. So, why, would, why does it help that you're not having in mind to trap the bees? Who cares? It's the asur. The answer is no. Is that clear, Moshe? Okay. Really, to them. What does it mean as long as you have a mind to trap? I said, that means that you don't put it in a way where you for sure trap them. You have to do it in a way that they could get out. Doesn't mean you don't have in mind. It means that you do it in a different fashion where you're not gonna trap them. So they spoken out? You have to leave them room to get out. In order they don't get in order they don't get trapped, Now listen to ravashi's answer. It's very, very cool. Amar, Does it say in the days of the rain and in the days of the of the sun? It doesn't say that. It says, Why do you have to say it's ever talking about the winter? It's not, you don't have to say it's talking about the winter and talk about those two halot that are always in there. Say that it's talking about Nisan. During Nisan, we have some days of rain and some days of sun. And therefore, when we say from the sun and from the rain, we were just saying, in case it rains or in case it's sunny, but we're not saying in the winter. Also, in the winter, of course, it's tassur because it's the only protecting bees. Amar though, Rav Sheishis, Rav Sheishis tells him, Puku, go to Israel. The Amar said, Go tell Ravitzah, who's the rabbi who said this thing. Kfar Tigmar of Huna Shmatich be Bavel. Rav agrees with your shita in Babel. Ritzak was an Israel rabbi. And he was the one who explained the Mishnah as talking about you can't move muksa, can't move something to protect muksa. Go tell Ritzak, that Rav Huna in Babel agrees with him that you can't move something Let's talk about the Rav Why? How do we know? Da'am Rav Huna Ossim mechitza l'met vishvil chai ve'en Ossim mechitza l'met vishvil met You can't bring, you're allowed to make a mechitza for a dead body, to protect it from the sun, because sun is bad for a dead body, only for a live person. The end of Hold on one second. Okay. Sorry. So it says to him, um, what's the case? You have a dead body that's sitting in the sun. Okay? So you, well, if you, you have a dead body sitting in the sun, all now, and you want to get it out of the sun somehow. But according to this rabbi, you now let him move. You can't move something to cover him because you're moving it for a muxa think. And we told you, you can't move anything to cover mukse. So, what's the trick that you do to cover the dead body? You do the following You have two guys, they lie down next to the corpse. Okay? Then they get hot. Now they're getting hot. Either they're allowed to bring a mitah to lie on. Let her bring a cot to lie on because that kat is to protect them. Okay, good. Each one brings a cotton and sits on it. They get hot on top. They bring a mahatel. They cover themselves. This guy ends up turning over his bed because he's done with it. And he leaves. leaves. Then the mechitzah gets done. You didn't bring it for them. You brought the mechitza for the live guys and they left it there and then it was there for the dead guy. So this rabbi, you see, there are who says that holds that clean a person that a clean can be moved for the purpose of something for can't only for something not, muxer, not something muxer. You build now, a little tent. What? You build, a, you little build a little
2: tent with the corpse in between.
0: Exactly. Itmar, we learned this thing. Now, this is the halakha about the mit. Hofchom According to this, you could roll him from bed to bed, because if you roll him from bed to bed, you're not moving him by touching him; you're just rolling him, and that's klach and he holds that's okay for mukser. says, you could put on him a kikar or a tinok, and you can move it like we had by David Amelot before, you're allowed to put a, a loaf of bread on him, and you're moving him for the loaf. It's like a heter the rabbi's like, to move him with the loaf. If you have a kikar or, or a baby, everyone agrees that that's allowed. That's not a question that you're allowed to put a baby or a tinok The Machlok is when you have no loaf. One says, if you move it like that, it's called moving it, and it's a sewer. But more so, the, other one says, the other one says, it's not called moving it. Okay? Okay, we'll stop over here. We're on the bottom of the page. Okay? Amen, Enjoy. Take care, guys. We're caught up.
2: Thank you, Rabbi. Yes, we're caught up. Do you have an idea when you want to do morning or evening tomorrow? You said the evenings on Sundays is better for you.